Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Hi, guys. Hi. This is Goop Yourself, the podcast where we talk about everything goop. I'm Brian Rucker. I'm Agnes Hewitt. Your suggestion to buy the Elephor, uh, massage gun thing off amazon has changed my life oh really i my my leg my hip it started in my hip and my like butt and then it like went down the side of my leg Mm. to my ankle shooting Mm. pain off and on Mm. for two months has completely disappeared ryan that's great it's unbelievable i just been like going on full blast every day for like 10 minutes like, especially like after I play tennis, um, and then like before I go to bed, uh, and yeah, it's like complete, I, I was like, oh, this, maybe this will help a little or whatever. And it's like, totally, it's totally changed everything. It's amazing. Amazing. I think the biggest thing I did to help my back, I do like the LF4. I got a Thai massage, which I had never had before. Ooh. I'd never, have you ever had a Thai massage? I have once, several years ago, there's a Thai massage place in my neighborhood. And I forget, so I forget, I was hurting for some reason. And I went there once and it was great, but I just, I like never went back. But yeah, it was really good. I'd never experienced it before. And it is totally different from any kind of massage I've ever had. Like they really, you know, they get up there. She was like on me and I was shocked. But, and it hurt really bad. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, my back has been like my, it never went back to how bad it was before that. That's great. And then I had like a special, like one-on-one, like reformer session with this guy at Equinox who was like really good at like helping me with some stuff. And then 
I just kind of like took it easy for a couple of weeks and did the LO4. And that's, and, and, and it's, helped. And, yeah, it's helped a lot. Cause it's funny. Like as soon as my legs stopped hurting, of course my back started hurting again. Well, I guess, um, yeah, it's probably like the same muscles, like probably like connected. Yeah. And it's probably like, like I was overcompensating one way and now I was overcompensating another way or something, but this is a, this is, it's not like a bad, it's just like sore in the way that I know what it is. It's from, it's from playing tennis and it's like, yeah. it's as long as I like take it a little easy and like take Advil, but that's a really good suggestion about the Thai massage. I might do that. Cause I realized, I didn't realize like, cause you know, most of the people I play tennis with are like older than me in their fifties mm -hmm. and stuff. Some, well, I guess they're all in like their forties and fifties. I don't know that anyone. Oh, I think someone just had their 60th birthday. Mm -hmm. Um, happy birthday to Bernie. If you're, I don't think you're listening. Um, but they go to the chiropractor like every week. Oh my God. Don't go to a chiropractor. I know. I'm scared. They all do. They all a go to a chiropractor do, constantly. But it's like a huge mistake. Do not go to a chiropractor. They are. It's don't go. That's what I always thought. And I'm like, you know, we have a podcast about goop. Like we're pretty like into like lots of alternative modalities. And yet for some reason that one just scares the shit out of me. Because like you could literally have a stroke. Like people have strokes and stuff at chiropractors because they, it's, there are some things that are like total, like what, like pseudoscience that somehow get through and are just sort of accepted by the general public. And that's the number one thing that people think chiropractors are doctors. They're not. They think that it has anything to do with actual science and medicine. It doesn't. It's a belief that every single problem in the human body stems from a problem in the spine. And they think they can fix everything by like cracking certain bones in your body, which they cannot do. So but then why is it so, so popular and so many people swear by it? It must be helping some people. Yeah, no, I think it helps a lot of people because I think it can make you feel better. And mm -hmm. it's like, like, especially like temporary, like if they're going every single week, then it's not like fixing anything you know yeah that's true um but, but i guess I it's like maintaining stuff more than yeah fixing it. but it's not um it's you shouldn't go yeah i wonder and they can do serious damage to your body because they're just cracking your back i hear yeah i see horror stories on the news of like yeah someone went to the chiropractor another you know quadriplegic or whatever yeah uh so yeah i probably I, mean, I would I, never go to a chiropractor. But ever. is it, are these people, cause like they're not doctors, but neither are massage therapists. Like they're, are they, do you think they're, they're less um, qualified than like your typical Thai massage person? I think it's a completely, it's not the same thing as a massage. Like a massage is a massage. These people are going and like, and like cr cracking your bones, like on your, like along ugh. your spinal cord to like, how cause like different effects in your body yeah it sounds terrifying i'm not gonna do it i wonder are is chiro chiro chiropractic just popular in america or is it like a worldwide thing i i don't really know because i think of like in europe i feel like homeopathy is so much more popular than it is here and that's another thing that like seems to have absolutely no basis in science and yet it's widely accepted by europeans who i guess it, i always think europeans are like 
smarter than Americans, but that's one instance where I'm like, why there's in every like pharmacy you go to in France, there's like a giant homeopathic section. And you're like, what? Well, we have those in America too. Yeah. But I feel like it's not as popular. It's like, well, I don't know about France, but I do know in England, it got really popular because Charles was all about it. And oh. so it was on like, uh, the, and what's it called? The NHS, the NHS. Yeah. NHS, is yeah. National yeah, like they offered, they offered like homeopathy as a treatment and he was a major one. That's, you know, so it's Prince Charles. That's interesting. Yeah. He was a super, he was like a homeo homeopathy guy. And, but I don't know about the rest of Europe, Um, but I just Googled it and there is something called the European Chiropractors Association. Okay. So maybe they do have it in Europe. Why not? Homeopathy is another one. That's just total bullshit. Like it's the idea that like, I don't like if you have any, like they put, I don't know everything about it. But one of the ideas is like the more that something is diluted, the more pow- potent yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's just like sugar pills. And also it's like, like attracts like is one of their ideas that I don't know where it comes from. It's yeah, just it's, bullshit. It's all, I feel like both chiropractic and homeopathy are like Victorian era pseudoscience that has just been around long enough that like people accept it. People just don't realize like, like for a really long time, I thought homeopathy was just natural cures for mm. stuff that was like, if you didn't want to take Tylenol, you could take something homeopathic and it wouldn't be as harsh on your system. Yeah, yeah. That was what I thought it was. I never really bought it, but I just kind of thought that's what it was. And then I got involved with Brian and Jesus Christ, the first words out of his mouth were just screaming about homeopathy. I was like, where is this coming from? But I, now I know. And he's right. So no, he's right. I, yeah. There's know. certain, I mean, certain, certain, I mean, it's not homeopathic, but like, for instance, I had um, like a gum issue. Like it was, mm. it wasn't a canker sore. It was like, it was gross. It was like, there was like bacteria in my gum oh, no. and I just didn't want to go to the dentist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, gargled with hydrogen peroxide twice a day and then I put a q-tip and this is my own I just made this up and it seems to have worked because you know how oregano oil is supposed to be like a natural antibiotic I didn't know that uh well you take it like some people take it like very highly diluted in water if you're like getting if you're feeling sick it's like supposed Mm -hmm. to be good for your immune system this is again probably total pseudoscience but mm-hmm. I put a few drops of oregano oil on a Q-tip and just like mm-hmm. spread it on the part of my gum that was hurting mm-hmm. and it worked. Mm-hmm. So that's my own, my own natural think, remedy. But isn't that true about it? Now that I'm thinking about it, I did just say, I didn't know that, but now I'm thinking I've heard that. And I, I think it's true. Yeah, no, I think it is true. It is like a, it kills bacteria. It's like, it's powerful in that mm-hmm. way. Um, but it's not like, I don't, I'm trying to, th- the last time I took real antibiotics, was probably like after my appendix burst and I was in the hospital. I don't think I've taken antibiotics since then. I don't know the last time I've taken a taken antibiotics, but I'm sure it was more recently than that. I don't know. I feel like, I mean, then when your appendix burst, because that was like 15 years ago for you, right? Yeah, I was like, I was like 25. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. When I was a kid, I took like, cause you get like an ear infection or you get strep throat. I feel like when you're a kid, you're yeah, constantly taking I, antibiotics. I used to take amoxicillin like every day. No, yeah. not every day, but all the time. <laughs> but then since then, 
I don't know. And I'm also like really bad at like finishing all my antibiotics. Oh, uh, you got to finish the the course. Probably after I've had some sort of dental work. Yeah. You know what? Whenever there's a painkiller, that's what I'm, I don't forget to finish the course. <laughs> Whenever there's a painkiller, I, I'm like, oh, I want to keep these. I like take them. So like, I try not to take them when I need them so I can take them after because I'm so stupid. And then um, I forget about it. That's oh, my, yeah. that's me. Yeah. Hey, that's good. That means you're not an addict. If you just forget about your painkillers. I'm definitely not addicted to painkillers. Yeah. I am not either. Cause I, it just makes me, they make me too constipated. It becomes so uncomfortable. The, the, the pleasure that comes from being high on opiates is not worth the pain of not being able to poop. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I used to like to take painkillers more than I, but to me, the idea of just like taking up, I just, I don't want to take drugs. I'm fucking 38 years old. Like, I don't want to do it. You're anti-drug. I'm pretty much anti-drug too, actually. Now I just think it's like at a certain point, it just becomes like very like trashy. Yeah, I got it. And I think I'm at that point. <laughs> uh, I mean, I still have a drink, but I feel like you can drink forever because it's legal. Yeah, except I... Since I, I think I've said this on the podcast before, since I've like stopped drinking regularly, it's whenever I do drink, it like totally disrupts my sleep in a way that I don't remember it doing before. I mean, I think, I think alcohol is like a stronger drug than a lot of drugs that are illegal or like more controlled. But for me, it's just all about, you know, that social like socialization That's oh yeah no I'm, like, I'm never gonna be like go to a bar if i'm meeting people and then being like oh i'm not having a drink oh no i mean like that it's socially acceptable to drink more than like take drugs so that's the oh. only reason that i think it's that i do it instead of taking drugs like that's really it like i'll admit it yeah like I if mean, everybody if like opium dens were a thing or whatever or like i would just be doing that but i guess that's not entirely true because weed is like legal in la and i don't really yeah well weed yeah weed is like totally socially acceptable at least in some places but the weed is the one drug that i legitimately just like don't like i like don't like how i feel i don't like (laughs) doing it every other drug i at least enjoy this one I... i can't stand remember having so much anxiety all throughout my 20s because I knew that whenever I was doing anything at some point I was gonna be expected to smoke weed or someone was gonna like offer weed and I would have to say no because I genuinely didn't want it but that always makes you feel like such an asshole so sometimes I would just do it and then have not a lot of fun I just I hate weed that's like the reason I hate weed so much it's just like I that feeling of like can you literally not like see a movie or go to the beach or do a single fucking thing without getting high? Like what is going on? I, I just, I hate it. Well, that's the thing about weed being socially acceptable in a way, even that alcohol is not because like if, yeah, let's say you're going to the beach or seeing a movie in the morning and you were like, I have, take, to have ha- having, I have to have a drink before I do this. People would be like, you have an issue. Yeah. Um, but then. Among... Although I definitely would bring like a can of wine to a beach. Oh, yeah. And, and no, that's wine. true. <laughs> and 
I've popped into MacGuffins uh, here and yeah. there and definitely in the daylight. <laughs> and I definitely ask for a double whenever I go to MacGuffins because well, hey, those pores are, those pores are weak there. Those are, yeah, they give you a, they don't treat you right at MacGuffins. Uh, but yeah, no, I guess it's just like, I don't no, like it. Yeah. It's just like, I think also with alcohol is like, it's, it's so much more like, like it's you do it socially but it's there's no pressure to join like it's in your whatever's in your cup is in your cup and mm. it's like it's not in the air you're not smelling it you're not like passing it back and forth and like sorry but you're right like the effect isn't as strong like if you and I both if I had like a drink right now or you had a drink right now we would nothing would change about our conversation oh i would be perfectly happy to 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 have a drink while i podcast Totally. But like, you wouldn't know, but like, if we were like smoking weed, like oh within 15 minutes, we would sound so stupid. And like, and I mean, I don't know, probably some people would like it more, but well, there's tell. some, some people that can handle it. And like, there and are like, people who are just, and there are people who are just like always high for sure. And like, God bless them. But uh, for me personally, I wouldn't be able, I would have to stop recording. I couldn't, I, I would, I would get so self-conscious. I would get so paranoid. I would be so in my head. I wouldn't be able to do it. I also, yeah, like, I don't understand people who don't get, like, paranoid and, like, I don't know. But I've also gone through phases where, like, I've been really into it. Like, I don't understand my own... Body chemistry? Body chemistry. Because part of me feels guilty or that it's my it's my fault that I don't like it. Like, oh, if I was just a more chill person without all these issues, without all these insecurities... And without all these hangups, I would just like be able to like chill and relax. No, it's not know. you. It's like. No, it is me. I mean, it is my because. Yeah, I know so many people where it's like it acts like like if I took a Xanax and I got super relaxed, that's how weed acts for them. I know. And that is not me at all, at all, at all. I wish Xanax but... is the one drug. If it was socially acceptable and not highly addictive and not terrible for me, I would be popping them all day long you know the closest thing I've ever gotten was like I do think I got into a little phase of taking these like little five milligram pot like candy thing oh yeah I remember and I was taking those all the time and that kind of was the same as taking like half a Vicodin okay like a little bit like you felt like a little just like relaxed and like a little like I don't know how to describe it other than like fuzzy but yeah. not like not like out of it but I just can't even just do like those loose. I I had John gave me like these two milligram coffee beans and even those were too strong for me oh, I remember when you had those yeah but then like I feel like then I just sort of stopped i think because we used to live across like really close to, like a weed store mm. so i would go over there especially i think during the pandemic or maybe like right before i got really into it for like like right or, i think right before the pandemic or maybe in the midst of it yeah, yeah and then we moved away from the weed store and it, i mean i just i don't think i ever was like oh i have to go back and get this again like you know what I mean? Like I never, it, that was really all it took. We moved away. That is exactly what happened. I'm just now realizing. 
And I never thought about it again. Yeah. I mean, so. it goes to show you, it's like your, you know, your circumstances determine a lot of your lifestyle. Yeah. I guess I really could take it or leave it. Cause yeah, I wonder if I was like still living in New York and had like all of my old, like dealers contacts if I yeah. still would be like doing drugs regularly I don't know I mean like there are people who do it for a really long time but at a certain point it just gets like really fucking sad and also I'm sorry but like with those fucking painkillers it's wor- pain I would rather deal with like a falling down blackout drunk than a fucking person on painkillers painkillers are make you a piece of shit yeah. like if you really get into them you turn into a piece of shit and like and plus they're really bad for you. Like those will kill you. But yeah, yeah. like, I just like these people, like I've dealt with so many people who are like way too reliant on them and it is not pleasant. No, no. no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else is new? Oh, well I started Why well, you know, I've been cooking, I've been cooking. <laughs> Mm-hmm. during the week and for valentine's day i made this is like the least goopy recipe in the world uh steak diane which is like i do think that's kind of goopy because well not really but it's like it's like old-fashioned yeah so like it's funny the either the first time or one of the first times i ever cooked for john when we started dating i made him a steak diane um and so randomly like this year the new york times had like a valentine's day menu and they had steak diane as like their recipe so i was like oh i'm gonna i'll make it again i haven't made it in like over 10 years and it was really good but it's like really heavy because you're just you're basically like making these steaks and then you're making a sauce you're like lighting shallots on fire on with brandy and then just adding like heavy cream mustard and worcestershire sauce Mm. uh and i did like i doubled the sauce because i wanted more sauce Mm. I've never had steak Diane, I guess. It's I mean it's really good. It's like it's so the 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 taste profile is so old fashioned because like nowadays any recipe that you cook is gonna have some like herby freshness or some like acid hit of acid yeah, or like, some we heat. don't want any acid here. Like we just want creamy. Yeah, no acid. Well the Worcestershire no sauce is a little bit it's like, umami. It's like uh yeah. and the mu- I mean the mustard, I guess, has a little bit of acid, but it's like mm-hmm. It's very, it's just basically like fat on salt on fat on salt on fat. Good. Uh, but it was really good. And then to sort of counteract that the next day I made, well, cause goop is basically out of the recipe game. I think we just have to accept that now. It's time to accept it. So I'm like trying to find recipes that are like easy to do and like a little fun and special, but also like very healthy. And okay. there is this recipe writer. I think she's like a, she was an actress in Iran and now she's like a cookbook author, but she started freelancing a lot for the New York times. Her name's Naz Daravian. And so she makes some sort of just like straight up Persian recipes, but then she makes just like sort of like herby fun, modern recipes that are like loosely inspired, I guess, by Persia. Mm. And this one I made, it's so good. It's so easy. It would have been perfect for like an it's all easy GP recipe or some sort of Caitlin recipe. RIP Caitlin. Mm, R.I.P. Wait, is she fired? I don't know. They had some horrible olive oil recipe thing. Okay, in the... sorry to hate to break it to you, but this is on my list. And this it is on your not list in the horrible section. Oh, okay, okay. I was gonna say, but the the byline for that olive oil thing, it just said the editors of Goop. Like it's, I think Caitlin is long gone. All right. 
Um, but this recipe, I highly recommend if anyone wants something that is reminiscent of a goose goop recipe, it's called uh, white bean rice and dill soup from the New York times. And you just make like, you like have olive oil and you, you know, saute your onions, carrots, celery, garlic. And then I don't even know why it tastes so good. It's so easy. You just add a little bit of turmeric, a little bit of red pepper flakes, and then you add jasmine rice and Navy beans. Um, you could do water, you could do chicken stock, you could do vegetable stock, whatever. Um, and a ton of fresh dill, like a whole bunch of fresh dill that see that I sounds like an old fashioned, like Alison Roman recipe yeah. where like the exciting thing about Alison Roman was that like her recipes were like better than the sum of their parts. You would just like build flavor and totally. it just for some reason came out really good. That's kind of what it sounds like this one is. That's like, totally what it is. It's like, yeah, yeah the, it's more than the sum of the parts. Cause I think the the trick, or at least what seemed weird when I read the recipe was you're using canned beans and you're using, you know, plain Jasmine rice, but then mm -hmm. it tells you to simmer it for a half hour, which mm -hmm. seems like a lot for like for beans, canned beans, for yeah. canned beans that are already cooked for rice. But I guess it, it releases the starch in the rice. And so you get like a thicker broth Yeah. without using, you know, cream or butter or anything. Nice. And then, and then you just like squeeze lemon on top and I, you know, added a little flake salt or whatever. And it's, it was so fucking good. I'm going to make it all. It's so good. That sounds really good. Okay. I'm going to try it. Uh, yeah. Tell me what you think. Cause it's like, it was one of the easiest recipes I've made and it was Cause at the end of the week, I'm usually just like, Oh, I'll just make like chili or beans or something like boring or whatever. Yeah. And this one, that's what I thought this was going to be like lumped into that category. But I was like really impressed. That's amazing. I, I haven't made anything all week. So like my birthday is February 7th and Valentine's day is a week after. And usually that just means I have like two weeks of just like pure, like, like it's just like a buck and all yeah. around here. So I'm really Last night, I really just like basically had a banquet because I had to like eat. I wanted to like try to finish my birthday cake. I still have like a lot of birthday cake left over. And my goal, I was like, I want to eat that entire cake, but like I'm not good for you for like having it for so long. It's very, very rich. Uh, because John, like, John got a like a chocolate tuxedo mousse cake from Costco for Valentine's Day, and that shit's already gone. And that was a Costco size one, but this was like you couldn't do it oh, and also magnolia. Like, it's magnolia yeah, it's so really it's rich. like that frosting and it's very thick so it's like oh, it's like i'm trying and i i don't want to leave any over because i'm like this is my birthday cake. Like, i want to eat the whole thing you could freeze a piece of it like a wedding cake i might have to put year. it in the freezer like a wedding cake because i don't know what i'm gonna do because i've been just like eating so much shit um and I had like a box of C's candy that's gone because um, oh. I'm just like getting it out. I'm like getting it out of the house by getting it into my body An unhealthy pattern, but you know, we've got to do it sometimes. Uh, yeah. John's friend, um, he went to like see a play with her and I guess her daughter is selling Girl Scout cookies now. Oh, and so he was like, Brian, what Girl Scout cookies do you want? And I said, none, I don't want any of them. And he was like, well, you it's my friend. It. I have to like buy these. So he bought, I, I, I probably will break down at some point, but they've been in our house for 48 hours and I haven't had one yet. What did he, which kind did he get? He got like, um, a couple bottles, bottles, a couple boxes of thin mints, a couple boxes of Samoas and one of those like lemony ones. 
classics. See, the ones that would that have me on my ass are those. They're very underrated, and I don't know why. It's those peanut butter ones. Oh yeah, those, that, are those tag tagalogs? I think there's one that's like a peanut butter cookie, but I'm talking about the one that's like a little like biscuit with a thin layer of peanut butter on top, like creamy peanut butter, and then the whole thing is dipped in chocolate. Yeah, is that yeah, a yeah. tagalog? I think that's a tagalog. Yeah, those are fucked up. Those in the thin mints. I can't get those shits. Those are good. Because the peanut butter ones, I mean, they sort of almost taste like a, like a Reese's peanut butter cup. But with like a with crunchy like a cookie. cookie in it. So it's like yeah. the texture is chef's yeah. kiss. Another great. My compliments to the Girl Scout. <laughs> um, but yeah, I probably won't get any this. I mean, come on. I know. It's at this point, it's like, I know what they taste like. They're just complete garbage. They are just full of you know processed fat and seed oils and i mean they're you know they are what they are the thing about seeds when i was like researching seed oils for the first time last year seeds candy as far as i know are seed oil free you know what i found out from watching tiktok last night Mm. late into the night buffalo wild wings Okay, you already know that. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. They supposedly they fry everything in beef tallow. I believe them because do you remember like there used to be this um outrage about McDonald's that their fries were cooked in beef tallow and everyone was like, Isn't that disgusting? And then I think they switched to they switched oil and now it's much worse. It. Yeah. But now everybody would rather, you know, whatever. So that's why I just never listen to the public because everyone's because it's yeah. So, so according to like seed oil disrespecter and all those because they all they always go to like buffalo that's like their date night out is always going to buffalo wild wings okay (laughs) and they they always they like um because there's there's certain dip certain flavors that you can have that don't have seed oils like i think there's whatever like the asian zing and like one of the barbecue flavors because it's all in sauce but then he claims it's because it's a franchise restaurant, so it depends on the location. So to be sure, you should call your location and confirm that everything's fried in beef tallow before. Well, you go. that's what I was because I like there was this video and it was a girl and she was like, I have to call all of my like wing restaurants. And she was like calling all of these. She called like wing stop and then she called like pete dominoes or something and then she called another place that i've never heard of and she was like what do you fry your uh wings in and they were all like soy soy and then buffalo wild wings was like beef tallow i'm sure it was a commercial for buffalo wild Mm -hmm. wings but i was like oh i have to tell brian all about this but yeah if you're still on the uh, anti-seed oil kick which I, you know, I sort of am, but sort of not. I'm definitely not on. I never have been, but I think it might be. I mean, I still would probably rather have something that was cooked in beef tallow than in soybean oil. I'm not like, oh, afraid. for sure. I'm not like afraid of it, but might as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. I just don't like Buffalo Wild Wings that much. Like I, I think Wingstop, if you're going to compare like those type of things Wingstop is better and it's cheaper. I don't think I really know the difference I'm not I'm not like a wing connoisseur but um I if I was gonna get anything like that I would order from this place called the Herald Chicken Shack which was like this fucked up good place in Chicago that had like 
chicken, like fried chicken, like strips and stuff. And, um, then for some reason, some miraculous reason they opened one in LA and I don't know why, but I was so happy. And, um, that's where I tried it. Yeah. It tastes exactly the same. Wow. Where is it in LA? It's on Hollywood Boulevard. Okay. But they have like some weird sauce. It's like almost like a sweet and sour sauce. That is, I don't know. If you want to get just like greasy, shitty fried chicken, like ch- like that, like it's not wings, but it's like maybe it is wings or like strips or whatever the hell it is. That's what I would. That's what yeah, I would yeah. Do. Um. Anyway. Um. Watching any TV movies? Anything exciting? Uh, let's see. Have I watched anything? Sorry, I'm like on the Harold Chicken Chuck. <laughs> menu trying to remind myself oh yeah so it is like wings okay well i've answered my own yeah. question of what the hell is harold's chicken shot the place that i'm recommending have i watched anything i watched skinnamarink oh yeah um i thought it was fine i watched it at home uh it was really built up as this like terrifying well <sighs> The thing that I disagree with is when people were like, oh, it's like Lynchian. I don't really think it is. I thought that it was obviously told and like shot in like an unconventional way, but I thought it was a pretty, um, I thought it was like a pretty straightforward story told in like a pretty clear, like three act structure. I just Mm -hmm. didn't feel like as, I mean, well, David Lynch movies are too, but like, I didn't like I didn't feel like it was really going I just thought it was like weird I didn't think it was like really like scary surreal or dreamlike or anything like that yeah I mean Um, the the surreality came from I think just because it was so dark you couldn't see what was it was dark and then like they would like instead of showing someone's face they would show like their foot or like and instead of like an abnormal line of dialogue it would just be like a little i don't know i didn't really know why they shot it like that i did think it was unsettling yeah i mean i Um, saw it in the theater and like it seemed like half the people in the theater were like super bored by it and i i thought like it was cool and like the guy's definitely like super talented but it it just didn't scare me at all and so i i guess in that sense it was like unsuccessful for me i really liked the first part when they would like when they when they showed the windows like where the windows used to be and oh, then yeah. them, that really reminded me of um something you would have seen in like a silent movie the way that that was shot mm. i thought that was very like cool. a like an expressionist like a almost yeah Dr. I thought... type of thing yeah well, not, I mean, uh, no, not like, not, um, necessarily just like the, it, just like the, um, just that sort of like, just visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I liked it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't really think about it much after I saw it. So, um, I'm watching a terrible television show that I really like what is it called it is uh an Anne Rice adaptation called the Mayfair Witches um what's it on it's on AMC so they did like um they did like a remake of Interview with the Vampire uh, yeah we watched the first episode of it and really liked it and then like I completely forgot about it yeah it was pretty good and like I 
I actually never read the interview with the vampire books. Um, I'd only, you know, known the movie from the nineties. And I thought this was like a, it seemed like a good adaptation and they could go into more detail because it was like a series. And so then they decided to do the Mayfair witches. And these are books I actually read as a kid and like loved them. I was obsessed with these witch books by Anne Rice, yeah. but I, I was, you know, in middle school or whatever. So I like remember almost nothing about these books. I just remember I loved them. Um, and I've only watched two episodes of the show so far. So, and it's like extremely just like basic cable. Like it looks cheap. The acting is like fine. It's like Alexandra Daddario from white Lotus is the lead. Which one is he? She's like the, um, she she was in the first season. She was, uh, Jake Lacey's wife, the like blogger turned trophy wife woman. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's fine. Um, and then it's like Harry Hamlin and like Beth Grant. It's just like character actors and they're all fine, but it just like looks really shitty. The storytelling is like really dumb. Everything about it is stupid. And yet I'm really enjoying it and I will keep watching it. And it got renewed for season two. So I'm like, I'm psyched. Yeah, that sounds good. I need something new to watch. I've just been like rewatching The West Wing a lot, like so mm. much that I'm like kind of in, like I try to like really turn the volume down when the when the credits come on because I'm afraid my neighbors can hear how much I'm watching it and I'm like mortified. Like it's been on like a 24 hour loop. Like sometimes I just like I fall asleep with it and then sometimes I just like leave it playing in the bedroom sure. and just like go about my day and come back. I'm like, where are we now? And just like watch it over and over again. Like it doesn't infuriate you that show. Of course it does. But it's like there's something about it that's um, well, like the politics don't infuriate me, but the um, the like attitude of it, it's like kind of mortifies me. Like I'm embarrassed. I, I'm not infuriated. I, I think I think it's mm. kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's been so I haven't seen it since I didn't watch it when it was first on but I watched it like in the mid 2000s probably I watched it in the mid 2000s I watched it when it was on like Bravo it used to be on Bravo like in the mornings. oh yeah I used to it was back when I like um got like DVDs from Netflix so I just remember like renting the DVDs from Netflix and watching it that way oh yeah um that would be a slog um but I enjoyed it at the time. Um, but looking back on it, yeah, it's not, I don't know. It's not a show that I really care to read. There are things it. about it that are like really incredible. And then there are things about it that are like really like, like Aaron Sorkin is just, you know, everybody knows what the problem was with, with Aaron Sorkin. It's like, it's the same problem in literally everything. Yeah. And I, I like a lot of, like, I love, I'm sorry. I love the like Lucy lucy and ricky movie i really like the lucy movie i love the social network that's like one of my favorite movies i haven't seen molly's game i like steve jobs it's steve jobs and um even the like chicago seven had some good things about i like chicago seven i think his tv shows i haven't really ever gotten into sports night the newsroom is unwatchable studio 60 is unwatchable (laughs) unwatchable i mean like studio 60 i laughed so hard at that fucking like comedy sketch that they do yeah i just remember it was like sarah paulson trying to do like sketch com yeah it was bad it's so stupid it's like his in his it's i just i can't get her i can't get my head around it like and the thing about Aaron Sorkin that I don't understand. So like, I, I just was like what, firing up like old clips of Studio 60 on like YouTube last night. 
And I think this, the, I, I think it starts with like Judd Hirsch is playing like a Lorne Michaels type character. And he does like a network style meltdown where he's like, this show isn't funny anymore. We used to talk about important issues like politics. And now we're just doing the lowest common denominator and we need to be better and blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm going to get fired. This show sucks, blah, blah, blah. And obviously that's just Aaron Sorkin's personal opinions about Saturday Night Live, which is a stupid opinion to have because it's always been a show for like, Teenagers. teenagers yeah snl's never, never had sh- great political satire not really i mean like even the best political satire i think it ever had was like dana carvey doing george bush or Ross yeah. Perot, but like that's not like pointed satire no it was just, just like funny. a really good impression it's yeah. just silly yeah um but like I think it's like he grew out of it and doesn't understand why he doesn't like it anymore and he wants everything to go back to how things were when he was in college like that's Aaron Sorkin's like entire thesis for life is like make things the way they were when I was in college because that's when I was at my happiest that's Mm -hmm. his worldview and he thinks that like that's what the newsroom was about that's what Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip was about that the West Wing is even better because that is literally just if you had the most boring asinine conversation with like your mom's friend's husband and he was screaming at you like here's the I'll tell you what's wrong with politics you want to know I'm going to tell you I've been around for a while and I've actually seen some things and this is what it is he would tell you the plot of the West Wing like that's what he would tell you he wants the world to look like which is just not the way like Aaron Sorkin thinks that like speeches should be written in the way that he does he thinks that he thinks that politicians should um be like these condescending assholes to everybody to prove how smart they are like he has these really stupid opinions and um i love it i think the reason that the west wing is like really watchable though is because Alice and Janney and Bradley Whitford are really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're great in it. And it's like, it's like a, it's almost like a procedural. It's like, it's like, a, a, it is. Yeah, yeah. There's like a problem every week. I mean, there's a little like, you know, soapy romance with the, you know, Bradley Whitford and the blonde lady. And well, like all it's that not stuff. really, it's, it's like, they, they just, they have like a Sam and Diane thing. Like nothing ever happens between them until like the last oh, like, okay. few episodes of the show unfortunately it's not i don't think it's soapy enough (laughs) i don't think they have sex enough like i think they should all be fucking each other totally i mean that's why i loved i mean this isn't aaron sorkin but it's like of that genre is like the good fight and the good wife yeah it's it's like yeah i love those shows because they they have like the legal procedural which and i think they're like actually really smart about that stuff and they you know talk about little you know weird quirks of the law that they can like build a plot around of and then and then yeah and then it's a soap where more good wife is more like here's your romance and all this stuff good fight is more like here's a bunch of senior citizens that are like obsessed with hating donald trump and then they like take psychedelics to really to okay, the, yeah should... christine baranski just like gets hooked on acid for most of the good fight interesting i didn't know that was what it was about i haven't seen either of those shows oh there if you want something just like not totally brainless but like 
in the same vein as the West Wing, just start at the beginning of The Good Wife and there's like a million seasons. It's very good. I just want something. Yeah, I want something that's like easy. The West Wing thinks it's smarter than it is, which is funny and embarrassing. But I just want something that's like dumb and easy and like, um, but like has a, there's a lot of it. So I won't run out. Oh yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Good wife and good fight between the two of them. There's probably like 12 or 13 seasons. All right. I don't want to watch the acid one. We'll start with the good wife. Cause that one doesn't have the acid. Okay. <laughs> and then if you like that, then you'll probably want to graduate to the good fight. Um, and then the other one, I don't know if you like, like detective shows, but I do think Bosch is like a extreme example. It's so good for that type of just like mid range, mid intelligence. Like I'm sort of paying attention, but I don't really need to. It's middle brow, uh, middle, middle brow. And just, I want to just slide right into that middle. I want to be, that's what I want. Middle brow, because I want, I don't want to be, I don't want it to be like big brother but i don't want it to be like this i don't want to be like devastated no yeah you know i mean those are mine yeah the good wife bosch and then i have to say the new uh ann riceverse on amc is another All right okay well yeah. then i have my work cut out for me oh and then also fantastic uh poker face on peacock is another great middle brow like detective we have that it's like oh, Natasha wait, is Leone. that the Natasha Leone? Yeah. yeah. It's like each it's really good. Oh, is it good? Yeah, it's really good. If you like um Isn't that know, Ryan um, Ryan Johnson, yeah. Johnson, yeah. Um, and there's like fun big guest stars in every episode. And it, I never really watched Columbo, so I didn't really get the I like I love Columbo. It was weird to I me love that Peter Falk. That you knew who did it right in the cold open. Cause it's yeah, I was like that's so I was like, what is the show? Why are we are we solving like why do we know who did it? But now I think I understand the like rhythm and the structure of it better. Um and I'm yeah, I'm enjoying it. Because it's like you watch him piece it together. Exactly. And then you watch him pretend like he's like playing a game. Like he's he well, yeah. I don't know. In Colombo, he was always like pretending to be stupid. And then at the very end, he would like reveal that he was actually smart and he knew everything. Yeah. And this one, she like she's not particular her character's not particularly like smart, but she has like a th- a thing where she just naturally knows if anyone's lying to her or not. Mm. That's sort of like the, the conceit of the show. So she is able to like piece things together. I don't know. It's, it's very, it's just a charming show that you can just put on and like relax. If we have, if we have that, I will put that on. Um, All right. Well, those are my TV recommendations for if, you know, if you don't want to use too much brain power. Okay. Uh, Shall we move on? Ugh, I'm, I'm sorry, my voice. <laughs> I just had a frog in my throat. Apparently. I just smoked a pack of uh, Newports. <clears throat> okay. Should yeah, we move let's, on? Let's move on okay. to this list. Newsletter. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now save forty percent on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power twenty twenty three award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Okay, so I'm just going to tell you right now because I'm embarrassed. My best and try were both <laughs> olive oil dinner. Oh, have a shot of olive oil before dinner? <laughs> well, look, I would never probably have a shot of olive oil, although I like the idea of it. Because I feel like, you know, if it's like the very best olive oil or something, and I would never, I guess I would never really, well, I would eat all of this stuff, olive oil cake, green pesto pasta. Yeah. I'd eat that. And then Le Grand aioli. This it's a platter with like olive oil sauce, basically. Aioli. It's just like crudite with aioli. Yeah. Yeah. Look, would I actually do this? Of course not. Do I think it's fun? Yes. Do I think it's fun to say, make this olive oil dinner and start it with a literal shot of olive oil? It would be fun. Yes. I mean, it would, if, if I was at sort of like a retreat or like a vacation destination and I was staying on this like olive farm in Tuscany or in Napa and it, the whole thing of it is like, oh, we're, you know, we're like a, a resort, but we make our own olive oil and our, and you go to the restaurant and you're like, oh, this is so charming. Like everything that is on the menu, they use like their own sort of proprietary olive oil. I would be like, oh, this is so cool. But to like at home to be like, oh, I'm having a dinner party to like celebrate the humble olive. You're just like, what? Like, I guess. Well, Brian got me this like 
olive tree or something it's like you can like adopt an olive tree in italy oh, yeah that was on goop right i don't think so no. i mean maybe but i don't think he got it on i don't know where he found it but it was like you like adopt it and then like a couple times a year they send you these like cans of olive oil okay and that shit is so fucking good Ooh, it I is i could drink it i was like this I had to like, I was like, I, I like when I finally cracked it open and I like put it on something, I was like, what the fuck? I, the olive oil I've been eating, even the ones that I think are like really good are shit. This is the most delicious thing I've ever tasted in my life. So I understand, like, I can understand the impulse to like want to drink olive oil. (laughs) No, I get that. Oh, and I mean, olive oil can be delicious. Wait, how much is that tree? I don't know. It was a gift. It was a gift. I want to research. And you get how much? How much olive oil do you get? I don't know. I get like a couple of cans. (laughs) Do you use it? Are you are you supposed to use it just for like finish it? Like it's like special. You don't. I mostly use it for like finishing, or if I'm making like a dressing or something, I'll Mm. use it in that. Um, but I have like another just like Whole Foods brand like Spanish olive oil that I use for like cooking and stuff. And that stuff's Um, fine. Yeah, it's fine. I just I don't want to use the good stuff because that's like that that whatever that shoppy shop olive oil that they talked about the other week. They yeah. have when you get that you have like you get like two different bottles. Top, and, yeah, yeah. Um, but this what how you describe that does sound really good. I would it literally that. blew my fucking mind. Hang on, let me see. This is it. Is this it? I think I just googled it and immediately found it i think it's called nudo i think this was my what he got me i'll have to look into it because i've been i've been buying that um thrive market olive oil which is supposed to be it's like it's like organic and regenerative or whatever and it's good it's fine for cooking but it's not like you're not going to want to take a shot of it nudo adopt yeah n-u-d-o I use a lot of olive oil. Too much. Well, so then I'm get excited. this because then it'll be like good. Yeah. Three to six months. Oh, yeah. It's a big. I don't know. I think I might not be getting any more. I'm not sure. I probably mm. got all of it. Oh, there's different time. kinds. God, it's so but complicated. It's like, it is complicated, but it's like, it's like green. Like it's, it looks yeah. different. Like it's, it's good. For okay. Me. So you get three. Six, three 500 milligram tubs for 44 pounds oh, that's too complicated oh wait i'm on uk <laughs> mm-hmm. um this this is more expensive than thrive market unfortunately but i'm sure it's, oh yeah, yeah 70 75 dollars so this is 20- not this isn't like a way of life like this yeah, is yeah. a special treat yeah. um but that's not for $75 every three months. And it's, and then you also have to buy your other olive oil, but this is good for dressings. And all right, I think about it. And it's straight off the and tree. You get to visit your tree in Italy. Oh, like I'm ever going to Italy. Maybe one day. You get 20% off. As oh, really? A tree parents. <laughs> that reminds me of when. Um... And you got a new one. But how long do you, how long does it last? Well, I think you have to re up every three to six months. Well, he's definitely not doing that. Yeah. And I guess if they if you stop paying, will they like cut down the tree? They like, I don't know. Or maybe they just like let someone else adopt but yeah, it. Yeah, probably. I think the adoption thing might be a little bit of a... It's like uh, on Vanderpump Rules when 
Sheena's boyfriend for her birthday. Her his gift was like a penguin that she adopted supposedly <laughs> in like Antarctica. Yeah, or like when someone like names a star after you or yeah. something. Yeah, oh yeah, that's cute. Or you got like um you become like a lord in Scotland because you have like a one foot. Yeah, they can sell you like land. a little patch of land, yeah. but it doesn't come with like any benefits. No. Um, but this at least you get the olive oil. That does sound good. Uh yeah. all right. Well, my best was again, I have to say the travel section. Um, this time it was ski resorts in Switzerland. Okay, this is my worst. Was it your worst, really? That's my worst, yeah. I okay. So first of all, this was written by Ali Pugh, who is like usually the fashion person at Goop. And she's like, I think she's a really good travel writer. I'm like, oh, this is your hidden. Oh my talent. god, you, Ryan. You didn't think so? My thing, here's what I wrote. I said, we're skiing itinerary. Why is their travel writing always so flat? Wow. I was charmed. I was tickled. I, it made me, I mean, I mean, you know, Switzerland, you know, sells itself. But like, I was like, this is so, I just, to go to Saint Moritz or whatever, you, however you say it, it just sounds like delightful. Yeah. I mean, I guess I always feel like, you know, they pick these like extremely like glamorous locations and then they just kind of like write a little blurb about them in their voice where they like, I don't know. I just like, I, I, I just, it's all the same. Like it all feels the same to me. Like no, I, not the locations obviously, but the, um, the writing and stuff. It just, I'm always like, yeah. Okay. I get what Whatever. you're saying. I just, I think because it is goop, I'm expecting, I'm expecting a certain voice of just like pure luxury. And I guess I'm getting it, but yeah, it's not like, um, and it's just like, I don't checking into the Coolm hotel is sort of like time traveling in the best way. Like, I don't find that doesn't make no, me, you're right. That's not an I don't like it. I get it. Um, I just, I don't know. Um, yeah, no, now that I'm reading it again, I think you're right. I think I was just charmed by the location and I didn't realize her prose was sort of, because like the mix of old and new makes for a pretty idyllic setting. Like, why are you modifying that with the adjective pretty? It's because it, it adverb, makes it sound, it makes the whole thing sound more casual, casual. which is what they're going for. But it's like, yeah. I don't, like, why? Like, I don't know. I just don't. I, I feel like this is their thing where it's like they go to something that's like completely aspirational and gorgeous and then they write about it like, you know, as if they're talking about like, this reads like you're reading like a Travelocity guide on like the best Motel 6 to stay at <laughs> and like some shitty like roadside town. Like it's not, it, that's the way they talk about it. Yeah. Um, And I just, like Jean, when she writes about makeup, like she's writing about that shit. She's, she's selling it. There's no, um, I don't feel like they're trying to sell me on this. I feel like they're just sort of, um, they're taught, they know that the people, most of the people who are reading this are never going to go. Probably the people who have the means to go on trips like this aren't making their decisions really based on what they write about in goo. No, they have generational, um, what, like their great grandfather had a suite at the Colm Hotel. Like they, they just know like reflexively where to go. 
Yeah. Or like, I mean, I've definitely been, you know, if I'm traveling, like I'll often like Google and just like the city that I'm in and goop and just see oh, of what course. they said. So, I mean, like, you know, I, I like that they have the travel section because it does like help you figure out like what to do when you're in these certain places. But I don't know. I just like. There's I mean, just something about the tone of it that's just like very um, it's like depressing. It's like so dead. It feels like, you know, when people talk about how like every city feels the same now, like if you go to like New York or London or Paris, or whatever, like it's all the same. Like it's the same shit everywhere. Yeah. You know, and definitely in America, like every fucking city in America is literally the exact same. No, it's true. And this feels like that where it's like, oh, you can get this version of the same shit here. It doesn't feel like it's about the place. Maybe it's just because when when thing, when you're so focused on like the luxury of something, you aren't as focused on the like unique properties that it has. Yeah, well, you know? I think a, a lot of these people, when they travel at the highest end, it's like they... I mean, I guess similar to like middle-class people, you know, wanting to stay at the the Marriott every time for comfort. These people, like they want their all their luxury experiences to be similar because it's like, it makes them feel more at home. Of but course. I don't know for me or you, if I did get to stay at the Kulm Hotel, it would be like a once in a lifetime opportunity where I'd be just like dazzled. I guess like, I, I don't need the pros to like, play up the luxury angle because I can see what it is and I can see how much it costs. And so I can just, and this, this, the way that she speaks about it allows me to like imagine myself there, even though I'll probably never go there. It's like, I can, I can picture myself there because it just seems so easy breezy. And so maybe that is just like their, that's their trick. It doesn't feel like it has any respect for like where they are. It feels, it just like, it feels like something to be like, just like used up. Yeah. I mean, just that picture of that ski lodge where the Matterhorn is right behind it. Like it's like, I've seen the Matterhorn in Anaheim, California. Yeah. Hundreds of times ever since I was a little boy. And it, even that replica is magical. If I actually saw the real Matterhorn, I would literally burst into tears. I mean, maybe that just says more about my like, disney brain than anything else you would cry because it was so disney because it was well no because it was like like real like that's a real mountain like that's crazy i don't know it just and like everything the swiss alps just seem so luxurious and they so so glamorous unreal that's to me like the most glamorous yeah. thing in the world so like just i don't know and again of course these are places that I'll never go to but just the way that Allie writes about it because she just she just seems so comfortable in these locations that I'm like well if Allie can do it you know I can do it too <laughs> I know what you're saying I totally know what you're saying and I agree with you and yet I do think the like sort of nonchalance of her prose is actually like it helps you it helps you like picture yourself there because it seems it doesn't help me picture because it to me it just feels like such boring sort of writing like it just makes me zone out I'm like okay whatever like mm -hmm. I'm not like oh I feel like this is relatable I just feel like oh it feels like any other magazine or yeah yeah shitty like listicle I'd read online about anything I also like her tip 
because she's a fashion person to be like, oh, if you're going, just bring three sweaters. You have your your printed one, your fashion one, and a good for travel one. <laughs> Sounds like a good tip to me. Yeah, and she wears her tights, tights under pants. I mean, I whenever I go to any snowy location, I'm just like, I have one pair of jeans, I have like some long underwear, and then like a hat and boots, and that's that's it. Yeah. Well, she just said bring three sweaters and tights under your pants, right? Yeah. Mm. anyway anyway have you guys been to the Kulm hotel have you been have you climbed the matterhorn um let us know we're jealous yeah um i mean obviously it looks great wait have you seen charade the movie yeah what's remind me i feel like i have seen it but i What's it Charade. about? It's that like Audrey Hepburn movie. Oh, no, no, no. I don't think I've seen it. It starts at like a it starts at like a place like this in the mm. like Swiss Alps. And I have to be quite honest. I don't really care for Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> you know, I'm not really an Audrey Hepburn person either. I've got to <laughs> be honest, too. I never really have been. It just is like I don't know. I she doesn't she doesn't do anything for me. Well, if the Swiss Alps do anything for you, no. you might like the beginning. I, I'm sure I will. Oh. Um, my 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 favorite memory, and by memory I mean not something that I've actually experienced of the Swiss Alps, is the the classic goofy Disney cartoon of him skiing. Mm. Do you know that? It's just called mm-hmm. like how does it's like one of those like instructional cartoons where you're it's like a a very like straight laced narrator being like this yeah. is how you ski, and then Goofy like does all of his goofy things. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorite pieces of animation ever. <laughs> and I think it takes that's, place in the Swiss Alps. That's so cool. Um, these restaurants do sound a little, di- not like dire, but just like, I'm sure they're great once. And then you're just like, do I really need the like tuna tartare again for like the seventh day in a row? Yeah. Because if I'm going to the Swiss Alps, I'm sure these people are like on these weird diets, but I would want like Schweinhoxen and like, and like schnitzel. And you know what I mean? I'm sure that you can get some like pretty fucked up stuff there. I feel like in my experience with like luxury things, it's like, they're not like, oh, you're on a weird diet. They're like, here's a bunch of shit. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just what Allie's ordering and they have, they have the Schweinhoxen somewhere else. I'm sure. I don't know what that is, but I'm sure they have, (laughs) I'm sure they have like, like not healthy food there. I, when I was in Munich, that was like the dish of it. it, So maybe it's not Swiss because it's, it's Bavarian, but it's, it, it just means pork shoulder. I don't know what it is. It's like, it's like an entire pork shoulder on the bone. So it looks like a gigantic turkey leg, but like even bigger and more disgusting. Mm. And it's so fucking good. It's like um, it's like the German version of carnitas if it was on the bone. And then you just get like, you're just like smothering it in like brown gravy and sour cream. Yummy. It's wonderful. Well, I'm sure you can get something. Yeah. yeah I would want to be in like a or lot. Or fondue, like I guess, is like the... Te- the traditional Swiss thing to eat. I'm sure you can. I Yeah. I'd want to be in like some sort of lodge and eating like, yeah, some shit like that. I don't know. I don't know. I'd want to stay out of the fucking like Nazi hellhole. Who cares? <laughs> no. Yeah. It's not a, not good vibes. No. I went to Germany and I felt perfectly comfortable. 
I went to, I've never been to Germany, but I have been to Austria and I felt fine. Mm. Vienna is beautiful. Vienna is sure. the most beautiful city I've ever been to. I think. I've never been to Austria. It sounds great. Yeah. Uh, sometime, someday. One day. Um. All right. What was your, wait, this was your worst, the travel thing? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's fine. Um. My worst was. And we won't spend too much time on it because I'm sure none of you listened to it. Was the um Goop the Gwyneth's podcast this week talking to the CEO of Bumble? Oh, really? I wish I had listened. See, I never listened to it and I forget it even exists, but that actually sounds kind of interesting. It wasn't. No, it's it's like my least favorite Gwyneth mode, which is like CEO mode of her. Pathetic. Like this woman, I'm sure she's very smart. So she like was one of the founders of Tinder. And then she like with her own personal experience and, you know, knowing like what other women went through who are getting sort of like abusive, gross, like messages all the time on dating apps. She's like, you know what, let me start my own dating app where the woman is the one to like make the first move basically. So it's like, it is like a simple idea, but it's like obviously like a really good idea. Mm. And so like whatever she did, and I've never really used a dating app. Gwyneth had never used a dating app. and. But the way that they talk, I just, the, that that Silicon Valley tech speak to me is so disgusting. It makes me sick listening to these people. Right. right. And it's not really her fault. Like she's whatever. Her name's Whitney Wolf Hurd. Um, she, I'm sure grew up extremely rich because she was like, when I was 22, when I graduated college, I got into like this tech incubator blah, blah, blah. She starts Tinder. She becomes a millionaire. And then she starts Bumble, becomes even richer, blah, blah, blah. And like, so like I get with dating apps, it it is a piece of technology that is quite intimate because it is about your romantic life. And so maybe compared with other apps, it is like more sort of personal and there's a higher level of like meaning to it compared with, I don't know, like Uber or something. Mm-hmm. but she kept talking about this woman kept talking about the soul of the product. And I'm just like, products don't have souls. You stupid bitch. <laughs> like it made me so sick. And like Gwyneth well, falls for all, that shit every time. The, these tech people are also like woo woo about the stuff that they're making. It is very like, it does kind of remind me of LA in that way. That like, they're all crazy. Yeah. Well, cause LA people are like, they, they're like crazy about, whatever creative projects that they're doing yeah but like in silicon valley the i mean in la everyone is out to like make money too obviously so it's not like unique to silicon valley but with tech and like these like ceo people it's the like the only goal i mean she would say she would claim otherwise she'd be like oh i want women to have a better experience on dating apps but it does seem like i don't know it's it's just like like the soul of the product she also just that tech speak um she used solve as a noun. Like her motto is there's no solve, just progress. Wait, but does she mean like a solve, like a bomb? No, S-O-L-V-E. There's no solve? Like solve it, like solve as like an object, not as like a verb to solve, but she used it as a noun. And that... I don't know. That chilled me to the bone. <laughs> there's no salt. Yeah, that just sounds crazy. I mean, unless, especially because there's a word that sounds, I think it's pronounced oh, exactly the same way. Salt. Yeah, solve, 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 solve. 
I think it's pronounced uh, pretty much the same. I way. think it is, at least for us West Coast, us West Coasters. Um, Whatever. There's no solve. Just for, why not just say like. You can't solve. You can't totally solve anything. You have to just make progress. I don't know. Just like talk like a normal person. It's like progress, not perfection. But she wanted to make it right. more stupid, so she made it her own. Yeah, I like. I can't. I can't. But and, what's this? I I now I kind of want to listen to it because it's so like soulless. Also, I'm sorry, but I mean I don't know because I like you have really don't have any experience on dating apps. I did go on a I did go on a date from a dating app once. Mm. And it was this guy. Did I actually even meet him? I think I did. I think I had a drink with this weird guy and then he like kept trying to get me to go to his house. Oh, and mm. also he admitted to me that he was like married and had like abandoned his family <laughs> to move to LA to be a com- to write commercials. And I was <laughs> like commercials. And he had a kid and I was like, "Well, okay." And then I just left and then he kept being like, "Do you want to come over and watch a movie? Do you want to come over and watch a movie?" And then I just blocked him. That was my experience. <laughs> wow. Which do you remember which app it was? Uh, it was probably, I mean, this was a really long time ago. It might've been like, okay, Cupid. I don't know if Tinder even existed yet. I I think it was a really long time ago. Cause I, I never, back when I was single, I remember like, okay, Cupid was sort of like getting popular and I never really used it, but most of like my straight friends who are single used it. And then I feel like I, I think I started dating John before Grindr even happened. Cause I've never had a Grindr account. Yeah, this was definitely because I've I mean, I'm I've always sort of gone from like relationship to relationship, which is like its own fucking thing. Is that what is that called serial monogamist? I guess so. But I've had like brief moments where I've been like my ex-boyfriend and I like there were a couple times that we like broke up for like a few weeks and then got back together. So I think in those times. I went on like a couple of, or I mm. went on that one date. I think I maybe went on, I maybe got a drink with someone. I don't really remember, but it wasn't, it wasn't like anything. Like I spent a lot of time doing my friend was on it and she like helped me make a profile. Mm. And my friend used to go and like go on these dates with these guys all the time. If you're like a woman, it just seems like a, I mean, it also is like very dangerous probably to just like meet lots of random guys, but it also seems like a great way to just like get free dinners. <laughs> Uh, no one was offering me dinner. They were offering me one cocktail and then pestering me for sex. That was, that was the one experience that I had. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure it's helpful. Bumble, I'm sure is probably like a safer space for women than most of these other places, but this woman creeped me out. And it's more just like, cause like Gwyneth can talk to literally like the biggest movie star in the world or like the richest person in the world and be like, oh yeah, like blah, 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 like whatever, like nonchalant. But when she talks to these fucking tech CEOs, she acts like a little girl. She's like, she's so like, just, um, what's the word when you're obsequious, obsequious, obsequious. Yeah. Like, she just, like, acts like, oh, my God, you guys are geniuses. And I'm just, like, this poor little actress who's trying to start a business. And you guys know what you're doing. And it's, just, like, gross. Yeah. Also, like, how I, – I don't know. Maybe this is why – there's something wrong with me, and you have it, too. And it's actually not wrong with us, but it's, like, it's – we're different. 
from a lot of Americans. <laughs> we're not like we're other like, girls. We're not like other girls where it's like Goop is a very successful business. Gwyneth Peltra is a very successful person. Is she genuinely pissed that Goop isn't at the level of like Tinder? Like, is that what she wants? Like she wants Goop to be as big of an app or something as like Bumble or Timber. First of all, Goop is, has lasted longer than Bumble and probably will outlast it as a brand. Like I'm, I'm positive that that's true. Because yeah, these, these dating, dating apps, apps change every three years. Yes. Well, and I, I would think that Gwyneth would be the type of person that would be like bigger, every like growth, growth, growth. Like I want to, you know, I want to compete with Amazon, but I feel like if that was the case by now, they would have probably like gone public. Right. Well, I mean, I don't think, go. I think you have to be like at a, you have to, you can't just go public. Like you have to be making a certain amount of money and like, you have to be able to like withstand going public. Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm no business person, but I think Goop would be at the point based on like how much investment and how much they bring in that they could go public if they wanted. I mean, let me know if I'm totally off base. If anyone, you know, went to HBC or what is it? HBU? What is it called? Harvard business college. Yes. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, but I think, well, I just know from like when I watched that mini series with Jared Leto about, um, the, not the wing, what was that? Oh, with Gwyneth's thing? cousin. Um, that with, show was uh, so good. I'm the only person who liked it. I, I thought I mean, Anne Hathaway fine. was like, I thought they were both so she good. And I thought Anne Hathaway was like, perf- I was like, she should win an Emmy for this. She was, I mean, she was, um, yeah, she was good. What that place was called, uh, West. Wait, wing wing work what no we work we work we work there was also because there was a one called the wing yeah 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 and i was a member of that one actually for a little bit whoa wasn't the the wing was like just for women right or no yeah it was just for women but mm. it was like you know like it's like kind of unenforceable but it was just yeah. like very womanly but it wasn't very it was just like a millennial pink like whoa. room with like couches and books and like a bar and you could just like bring your laptop I mean, but it was nice for what, when I lived in my old apartment, it was really tiny. It was kind of nice to have yeah, a place to go and do some work to work. No, that's true. Some um, people, some people can only, uh, get focused when they work outside of the house. Uh, I, I like to work in my house, but I, well, am I, I, now I do, but in my own place, like I straight up didn't have space. It was really small, but also, um, it was like right after the pandemic and they were having like a fire sale. It was like $150 a month. And then like, they sent out an email and they were like, Hey everyone, like, um, your, uh, membership price is going to double unless you sure. cancel. So I like immediately canceled. And then they kept sending me bills for like thousands of dollars from new, from New York, not from the LA oh. one. And then I kept emailing them and being like, can you fix this? I I canceled my membership and I'm in good standing. Can you please not do this? And they'd be like, sorry. And then they just sent me another one. And then I just got an email that was like, we're going out of business tomorrow. Sorry. <laughs> <The whole> <laughs> And like everybody just like shut it down. That's like, um, <laughs> oh my God. That sort of reminds me of like uh, when movie phone ended. Oh then my God. All these crazy people, including me, signed up for this like Turkish company yeah, called like that. Synestia or something that was just a oh, complete yeah. scam. Oh yeah. And it was the same thing where they just kept charging you. You could never buy a ticket to a movie. Like the app would immediately like 
explode if you tried to use it, but it would still like charge your bank account. So there were, there was like hundreds of people on, I just remember going on Reddit and like figuring out how to like do like a class action lawsuit. (laughs) And then like, as we were like figuring out like who to, you know, contacting like Alan Dershowitz or whatever, (laughs) um, then there was like the email of like, Oh, like we're going out of business. And like the founder has like committed suicide. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They just really go dark (laughs) these places, but, um, (laughs) <laughs> but for we work he like went public and then they were like you and then like all of your like financial records become public and then yeah. everybody can see like um you know it's like a big process where they have to like prove that it's like actually worth what they say that it's worth and if you do it too soon then like you know your company will like lose value because everyone will know that it it's not where and yeah yeah with yeah. the we work thing it was like they were trying to make it into this like lifestyle brand but basically all they were doing was like buying buildings and like painting them and painting them and being like you can rent a desk here which yeah. is like fine as a business but they just like made it literally insane and they were yeah. also like everybody should be drunk all the time right but the, we work still exists like they're still oh, yeah, happening it still exists. Um, so it didn't like go out of business but i don't no. know that he's I, he's not involved in it anymore. well yeah he like sold it or like whatever got kicked out oh he got he got ousted from like the board because he went public that's yeah. the other thing if she went public they could she'd have to have like a board and they could like fire her oh my god can you imagine Goop firing and i would ass? kill the, i would literally do a suicide bomb if they like if there was a board that kicked gwyneth paltrow out of goop like i would i mean i wouldn't really do one so don't send anyone <laughs> whatever, but, but like, they could i mean the, the whole brand is tied up with her. I mean, I guess they've done that before. Like Martha Stewart, I think that happened to her after. Oh, she they died. do it to everyone sooner or later. Yeah. So maybe um, she doesn't want. Yeah. She to. wants to like keep it close. I just feel like in her ego of like being like the next, you know, Oprah or whatever, she will want to like do go bigger and bigger. Well, I don't know. Is Oprah like is did Harpo go public? I don't know. I have no idea. I, I feel know. like own would like have to, but maybe I don't know. Yeah. Does anyone have shares in own? <laughs> How are they doing? <laughs> uh oh my god. Well, you definitely don't come to us to to get your financial advice. <laughs> well, if if you do, you just got it, yeah. which was <laughs> just talking about like Jared Leto. <laughs> talking about a Hulu show. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was Apple TV. Apple. Oh, you're wait. Was it? No, it was. Yeah, wasn't it was Apple. The, oh, it was Apple. I thought um, sure. the Amanda Seyfried one was Apple. No, that one was. I think you're confusing. Them. I'm definitely not. I'm going to Google okay. it. Okay, we'll see. I will. What the hell was it called? Uh, I have no idea. All right. Anyway, um, what was your craziest or your saddest? Uh their their sex stone because sorry but like what the like how is this different from the other that other thing you mean the pancake lady had the pancake ladies one this is a different one yeah jesus christ so i so first of all i feel like they're like I feel like they're competing with themselves. It was Apple TV Plus. Sorry, I was just Googling it. Wait, which one was Apple TV Plus? We work. We work. And oh, okay, so you were right. Um, and well, I don't know and, about the Amanda Seyfried. Amanda Seyfried was Hulu. 
I guess. You're probably Wait, right. Are you talking yeah. about the, 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 what's her name with the pill? Uh, blood? the, yeah, Theranos. The blood girl. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I didn't Google that one, but let's just assume. I stand um, corrected. Uh, anyway, what was it? Sex. Saying? So sex stone, a new sex oh, yeah. stone. The sex they do stone. this all the time. They, but have... it's like, they made this huge deal. Look at this brilliant woman. She makes these pancakes and she also invented this sex stone what a genius and then next thing you know they're fucking selling their own and i don't know is this the same brand it's goop with prima is that is that her is that the pancake ladies no that doesn't ring a bell i don't think so and i I think it's cheaper it's only 15 dollars, and it's like a big block that you actually I kind of want this. What? Okay. What because do you do? What like do you do with it? It's basically a bath bomb. It's a bath bomb. So what does it have all to do with sex? Things, nothing. All of these things are fucking bath bombs. They're either bath bombs or they're soap or they're lotion. Mm-hmm. That's all they are. But now they're selling it to you in like a block instead of, sorry, I had to put my dog down. They're selling it to you in a block instead of like in a bottle, which is fun because it's like novel. It's a novelty. And then they're saying, like, this is for sex. Why is it for sex? No real reason. You know? So you're supposed to get in the bath, lather yourself it's like up. a bath bomb. And then have sex? I don't get where the sex comes into this thing. You can have sex whenever, I guess. To uh, So it's a new foreplay tradition or even Fore- help. Yeah, to help rouse the senses, initiate mm-hmm. new foreplay, or even help fully unwind after a long with three O's day. Drop one of these sex bombs into a warm bath. I see. They're exclusive to goop. So these are for people rich enough to have giant bathtubs that can fit two people. I don't know. one's using that. No, no, no. This is for one. I'm telling you, no one does this. Epsom salts and natural botanical aphrodisiacs, cedar, goji, hemp seed, cinnamon, and ginger are just a few of the incredible smelling oils here is a pure mood shifting magic. So the idea is that like, it will make you horny if you're frigid and it will like, but I think it's just like a nice bath bomb and the, and the, the whole sex angle is just like a marketing angle. Yeah. And I think there's now a specific scent that that, like cedar, uh, ylang ylang, there's certain scents that I think it's like, uh, they're supposed to be aphrodisiacs and it's like that sort of scent profile is always, they market it as like, this is the sex one. But like does them making it like a sex thing makes me want to buy it less. Like I don't want to have a bunch of like sex shit in my house. And also like, this is the number one type of shit that someone would like give you as a gift, like a really nice, like bath bomb, like a $15, really nice bath bomb. I think that would be like a perfect gift for someone that you don't know too well. But if you're like, this is a sex bomb, then all of a sudden you're not going to give it to someone you don't know too well. So like, what the fuck goop, like just make it like a bath bomb. And then I feel like people will be buying it for each other. Yeah, no, it's true. Cause like you're limiting, there's only, only your partner is it's like, that's the only appropriate person it is to buy you anything that's related to sex. So you're just completely limiting your Which whole like, audience. And, and also like no straight woman or any, or gay man is like, has their partner on goop 
reading like for bath bombs to buy them like that's not happening so like this is you're buying this for yourself that's the only person you could buy this for is yourself or like if you have like you know sometimes some if you have like a particularly like you know like rowdy group of friends sure Uh, for like a bachelorette party or something i have friends that are like I have friend groups that are more like talking about sex and whatever than others. Mm -hmm. So I guess there are some social groups where I could see myself doing it, but not really. And like, if you're, if you're in one of those social groups and you're buying like a sexy gift, you're probably going to buy like a vibrator, like something more sexy than just like a sad little bath bomb for $15. Well, also because the idea is that like, it gets you in the mood. So the idea is like, you're not going to give it to someone who you know is like horny all the time and you're not going to give it to someone you talk to sex about because you know that they're like more comfortable sure like it just it doesn't none of it makes any sense no i think they're shooting themselves in the foot i feel like they should just turn this like i mean i'm i know i'm basically repeating myself but turn it into a normal bath bomb and i feel like then they'll be ready to go public (laughs) yeah and i i mean i think they've really in the last couple of years concentrated on sex 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 goop has and i mean I think, it must do pretty well i, I mean, do know i know people who buy like vibrators on goop i do know I, people who've done it i think the Many, vib- the vibrators probably do well because they keep coming out with new ones but i feel like dtf was like a huge disappointment oh people are constantly sending us bottles of dtf from like marshall's and tj maxx <laughs> like that <laughs> like was just, yeah that's gone that's, that's gone. like the biggest bust since like the donabi i think on goop is the oh D- the donabi was a bust i think we made up that the donabi i think was... we made it up because <laughs> but the donabi is good because i told you i got my mom a donabi got... i sort of want the... a donabi now the rice is really, really good, good in a donabi it really is the real deal like it really I... is good as a rice cooker i think i might because i have i've had my instant pot for so long and i do think like there's good uses for it and it's like helpful but i 90 of the time now i just use it to cook rice and like i'm sure a real rice cooker or a donabi would cook rice better than an instant pot i am the one person on planet earth that like every time i try to make rice in my instant pot it sticks to the bottom and i just make rice in a regular pot and it always turns out really good oh yeah it's totally easy i just it's like it's like a set it and forget it thing with the instant pot which makes it easy or but like yeah making rice on the stove is like super easy yeah um i also do my like chicken breasts in the instant pot which is easy for like meal prep i never to me it's always easier to just like make something on the stove because i never want to like dig the thing out yeah no. But Brian was making something in the Instant Pot recently, which is crazy for Brian. Hmm. What did he make in it? I don't know. Who cares? Chili? No. That's the other good thing. Like any uh, stew or whatever. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, okay. I I thought there was a clear saddest this week. I'm surprised you didn't. Probably going to be like my best or something that like, I already purchased. What? It was uh, Goop's attempt at sketch comedy. What? Um, I missed it. The video starring Catherine McPhee's stepdaughters, Aaron and Sarah Foster. What? You didn't see this? Is it on their Instagram or? It was on Instagram, but it was also in the newsletter. Uh, Hang on. Let me fire up. So I guess 
the kernel of this idea was it might have been in the Tuesday newsletter. Let's see. Um, so Sarah and Aaron Foster, maybe some of you are familiar with them. They're like sort of like actresses, socialites. I think they had like a like a sitcom for a while that was maybe like it might have been like a curb your enthusiasm type of thing that was like sort of based on their life. I don't know. They're these two blonde women who their father is David Foster and they have just been, they're just like, like complete, like Nepo babies who are just friends with lots of famous people. And I guess their new venture is they have a, like a clothing company that they started called. Yeah. It was in the Tuesday newsletter. Um, is it on the, is it on the Instagram right now? Was it in stories? Uh, I think it's on just the main profile. Cause like, okay, I clicked cause the headline is called the foster sisters raid goop HQ. You click on that. I see, I see, I see, I see. And then, um, I'm watching it. Okay. Yeah. And then it goes to the Instagram. Anyway. I'm so, literally watching it right now. Oh my God. I hope that. Okay. I'm, I hope, can you hear it? Yeah. Uh, not very much. It's fine. Okay. Uh, so they, they're, I guess, starting a new co- clothing company called Favorite Daughter. And so instead of doing like a regular article on Goop or like being on the podcast or whatever, like a normal person would be, they probably pitched this to like, we're going to do this crazy funny video where it's like Gwyneth's out of the office and these crazy foster sisters are going to come in and wreak havoc at Goop HQ. And so they enlist all the poor Goop employees of like playing the straight man to their Lucy and Ethel. Oh God. Of just like tr- like trampling around, going to the front desk, going to like a board meeting, going to like Goop Kitchen. Poor Kim Floresca from Goop Kitchen actually is the only person who like gives a convincing performance in this whole video. Okay. She has one line. She says, because they like take a piece of salad and she says, um, that's actually Gwyneth's lunch. And she was Ooh. really good. So, but yeah, it's just, it's basically like a dumb Lucy and Ethel premise where they just like go insane in the goop HQ. So the, the climax of the video is they're in Gwyneth's office. They're like trying on her signature glasses, pretending that they're Gwyneth on, you know, in her chair. And then who walks in, but Gwyneth Paltrow. And like, we've all talked about how we think Gwyneth Paltrow is an extremely talented actress. Of course. She's won an Oscar. She's been great in a lot of things. I don't know if she's just like lost it or she's just not trying. Maybe she's just like embarrassed. Or she's just so embarrassed. It she's so she's so bad. I mean, this just this was also triggering for me because it was like it's very much like, you know, like when your friend like makes a web series. And you have to to, like pretend you like it, you like watch it, you're like, you know, you like retweet it or whatever. And this was just this is just like these are women who are older than us. They're probably in their 40s who have the comedic talent and instincts of like a UCB, like 101 sketch student. It was, it's like horrifying to watch this whole thing. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing worse than when like <sighs> celebrities think they're being cute and they're not mm. like when people are just like, Un- going unchecked when people think they're funny it's like you know who's the number one worst people to do this it's like anyone in a band like mm. musicians 
all want to be like comedians and they always try sometimes they're actually funny but that's like very few and far between yeah, a yeah. lot of them just like think they're funny and they're not totally i mean musicians want to like musicians want to be comedians and comedians want to be rock stars and like yeah. that's why they i feel like musicians and comedians always have like weird friendships yeah and because they always same with like chefs and comedians I feel like it's like they always want to be the other one. It's very strange. Yeah. It's a very like alpha. Like this doesn't happen amongst women. I don't think it's all like men. Well, because like there are no female like rock stars or chefs. Yeah. Well, there. Yeah. There's, it's not like we're comedians. I mean, I could see like Courtney Love and Janine Garofalo maybe were friends. I don't in the know. 90s. I'm just no saying idea. like they're like they're like mostly like male dominated. Yeah, for sure. Um, but these Sarah and Aaron Foster people, I swear to God, they've been around for so long. I've never heard of them before. They, I feel like I knew someone who wrote on their show a long time ago. Wait, what was their show again? It was called, I don't know. It was called like being crazy with, Sarah. it was just like, it was like a like VH1. A show? No, it was like semi-scripted. I think it was like a Curb Your Enthusiasm type of thing where they were, they were like slightly exaggerated versions of themselves, like being goofy um yeah. let's see and now their stepmom is Catherine mcphee which is so funny uh but they're it's similar barely famous from 2015 to 2016 Why? all right yeah <laughs> <laughs> um that was that seems like way too late for something like that to exist it was yeah like, that did. sounds like a 2008 totally premise yeah because like the mid aughts on vh1 or basic it was like they had some good ones they had like fat actress with kirstie alley which i still think other than curb your enthusiasm is the best version of this genre of like people playing versions of themselves mm -hmm. and i also really loved i think it's very underrated so notorious the tory spelling one which only lasted oh, like right. one season I and it was, and um, Lonnie Anderson played, this was when Tori Spelling was like deeply estranged from her mother and like clearly hated her. Yeah. And so Lonnie Anderson played her mom as like the biggest fucking psycho bitch in the world. And um, what's his face from Star Trek? What's the gay guy from Star Trek? George Takai? No, from the new Star Trek. I don't know. Um. Anyway, this he's like a Ryan Murphy person. Okay. Um, Wait, I didn't look him up. I literally have Alzheimer's. Well, I wouldn't know who this Why? person is. You're, you'd recognize um, his know, name is Zachary Quinto. Oh, yeah, Zachary Quinto. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. on, yeah, he's on like um, American Horror Story and stuff. Yeah, so right? this was like his first him. big role, and he played Tori's like gay Persian best friend, who I think is based on like her real best friend from Beverly Hills or whatever. Um, and I'm sure it's like completely scrubbed from the, the internet now, but I thought that was really good. Yeah. I love, uh, Tori spelling. Yeah. Uh, um, but Sarah and Aaron, I'm, this is, I mean, this video is like horrific and it's sometimes Gwyneth needs to say no. She doesn't care. She, doesn't she care. like, she will not remember that she did this in like yeah. two days. And nor should she. But actually, I should count my blessings that I don't have to listen to like an hour of them on her podcast talking about their stupid clothing line. You know, can I just say one more thing about the West Wing? Yeah. 
I, after I watched all of the West Wing and then watched it again, I started listening to this podcast called the West Wing Weekly, which has Joshua Molina, who's an actor oh who was on it. And some guy that Joshua Molina went to Yale with who like scammed him into doing this podcast with him. And because Joshua Molina was on it, they got like all of the actors and like, what's his name? Aaron Sorkin comes on and like, they have like all these like big guests and they had, God, Janelle. Janelle Maloney. Maloney. We both have like, are like true senior citizens. Remember? Well, because I was going to say, Janelle Monet. Wait, what's the what? What's her name? Who sounds like that? Who was in? Who's the musician? And she was, and she's a singer. And she, yeah, that's in... Janelle Monet. That's what is... I was gonna. Because I was getting, I was like, which one? Okay, I was like, their names are the exact same. Um, and also Richard Schiff was on it, and they both, at various points, they couldn't remember anything about shooting the show. They both on separate episodes, not as a bit, at least Janelle's wasn't a bit, maybe Richard Chips was after, forgot Rob Lowe's name. Like they couldn't remember who did anything. They'd be like, oh yeah, that thing. I feel like there's so much heat on Gwyneth for like not knowing anything that she did or that she was in a movie or whatever. But I think it's like, if you like work a lot and have done it, like, I just think it's normal. And like, for example, us, we both forgot Zachary Quinto and Janelle Monet Maloney's name. (laughs) Their names are very similar. They're very similar. Anyway. Uh, no, I, I, cause I, wa- I listened to, um, a similar show for a while, podcast that was called Zach to the future. And it was the saved by the bell version of that, where it was, Oh, Brian listened to that Mark Paul Gossler. I had to stop. Cause it got like really repetitive after a while. And, um, he keeps trying to sell you like Joe Rogan style, like nootropic things. Good for him. Uh, but it was the same thing where the guy that hosted it was like a super fan. And he is like one of the writers on like the reboot of us of saved by the bell. So he, I'm sure like recently watched all these episodes. Mm. And then when you're talking to him, he like has no recollection of anything. Yeah. So the podcast itself ended up not being very good, but. Um, yeah. You got to have the recollection yeah. for the podcast. I mean, that's what we're listening for. We're and I hear, I haven't listened to it, but I hear the Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling have a similar one for 90210. Oh, really? Where it's, and, it's like yeah. the same thing. And then there's the one about the office. Oh yeah, office ladies. Which I would never want to listen to that. I, I don't know why anyone would, but I don't whatever. I don't know. Yeah, those people are truly a breed apart, the office people. I mean, more power to them, I guess. They're set for life. I thought of because they there was an article in the New York Times that was like, what happens when you stop taking Ozempic? Um, I've got to get my ass on fucking Ozempic. I can't get it. No, because you can't stop. If you take it, you're if and then you stop taking it. I mean, unless it's for like, okay, I have an event where I need to be super skinny. And then afterwards, it's like a crash diet. Because once you stop taking it, you'll just balloon up again. But I, it just made me think of Mindy Kaling and like how fucked up her body's going to be. I want to get it so bad. Don't do it. It looks, oh God, it's so bad. I don't mind giving myself injections. I've given Mm -hmm. myself injections before. It's the fen-fen of our generation. Remember when Rosie O'Donnell took fen-fen and had like a heart attack and had to go to the hospital and then she talked about it on her show? No, but I do remember fen-fen. 
That was the only but time I learned not, about it's it. It's not. It's not gonna. It's fine. It's like everyone's fine on it. It's, I mean, that's what people say about the mRNA vaccine too, and yet all oh these people are God. dropping dead. That's not true. You're going to get, first of all, our whole podcast is going to get deplatformed because you said that <laughs> one, it's going to be ripped off Apple iTunes and I'm going to be the one to do it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the vaccine is fine. That's um, fine. Uh, but Ozempic, on the other hand, I, I don't know. I would be careful. Well, I can't get my grubby mitts on it anyway, because I'm apparently not fat enough although i feel like i am oh really what's and, what bmi do you have to be i don't know mindy but, kaling wasn't fat i think if you're a celebrity you well i think it, you yeah. can like buy it on like the black like you can oh. get like there's like fucked up doctors that will just write you a prescription yeah, for yeah. it online but they i can't use my insurance for it because i have an hmo so i'd have to like go to my real doctor who's too ethical and i wouldn't oh, get yeah. it uh wow all right well if you do get your hands on it, you know you have a platform to talk about your experience at least. I will talk about my experience. Uh, okay. What would you try? Olive oil? No olive oil dinner. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. I would try. Oh, here's a little fun fact. So this is actually the year, a one year anniversary of me um, stopping eating seed oils and stop oh, getting, getting cluck and blaze every time I play tennis. Oh, the cluck and blaze. Yeah. So I didn't really do this on purpose, but, uh, just I, the way I use my notes app, I've actually recorded like every, um, recipe and every shopping list I've made for the past year, just cause it's like, that's where I do it on my notes app. Okay. And so it's sort of cool. Cause now I can be like, this was a year of meals and like seasonally I can be like, Oh, what did I have last February 20th? I can be like, Oh, maybe I'll make that again. Cause it'll be, you know, back in season. <laughs> Wow. So I have, I have this whole, I have this whole basically recipe book. It's just like grandma with her, you know, index cards. Yeah. It's me with my recipe book. And so the first week of recipes I did in my post seed oil era, one of them was the goop braised Italian chicken thighs, okay. which I hadn't thought about in a year, but I'm like, oh, these were really good. So I'm just going to make them again. And then I'm going to go through every week and just see what I made last year. And then maybe I'll make it again. If I remember the recipe was good. That sounds great. It's pretty cool to keep your memories alive on the notes app. Cause also like, there's only so many fucking recipes. I can't just make new ones constantly. No, 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 you can't. You shouldn't. I shouldn't. Should, I know. Like, yeah. Yeah. You should have like a few in your like back pocket that you can like whip out. I know. And I don't, I'm so, I like, I cook a lot and yet I'm still like beholden to a recipe. It's so yeah. I you feel, And you always cook something like I have a lot of things that like, I think it's a recipe, but it turns out that the way that I make it has like differed. It's like so far from the yeah. recipe at this point. That's all that you need it for is like a guide. A guide. Um, yeah. Anyway, so I'm going to make the goop chicken thighs. The other thing I made last year around this time was um, Bon Appetit's broccoli cheddar soup. Mm. So I might make that again too. It's pretty good. Sounds good. Um, because I definitely don't want to fucking try. I mean, that olive oil thing was like pesto pasta. Thank you. Never heard of it before. And then vegetables with like aioli. I don't know. Yeah. Pretty simple. Pretty simple stuff. Uh, all right. What would you buy? Oh, there's a body wash, the Corpus natural body wash. Have we talked about it? It sounds familiar. Corpus. It's only 30 bucks. Oh, well. I would buy it. I think. 
Uh, yeah, there was a body wash I bought on Goop that was around that price. So it was really good called Bathing Culture. Yeah. But you can get like a good a good body wash for, I mean, $25, $30 is still a lot for body yeah. wash. Yeah. But... Well, I don't know. The one that I get, I get it. I get like, it's called like Alba and I get it from Whole Foods. And oh, yeah. That's I like get... my cheap one that I get. And then I need a new... The expensive one that I haven't bought in a while was the fucking Aesop one that is like way too expensive. Oh yeah. I get um Jason the rose one. From oh, the Whole Jason Foods. one. That one dries out my skin. Jason. It, I think it might be drying out my skin a little too. It, yeah, especially like this time of year when it's so dry. Yeah. But um, I have really dry skin anyway. Yeah. Well, try the Alba one. What scent do you do? I think I tried to, I think right now I have like a rose one, but I think last time I got like some sort of like eucalyptus or okay. tea tree thing probably tea tree yeah i like a rose i like a tea tree i love um i like a lavender any of those floral scents yeah uh i honestly can't buy anything and i nothing will be able to compete with the elephor massage gun so the ultimate purchase the ultimate 30 dollar purchase it, it was really, really cheap at 40 bucks right and for me it was nothing because i had enough and credit card points free. i forgot absolutely free but i just for this section i just want to um because gwyneth shed her little you know her little opening salvo on the newsletter and i'm so impressed with gwyneth that she's been doing this weekly for now several months and she hasn't stopped doing her introductions to the newsletters and it really yeah she's really sticking with it i mean don't you know every single week you know it could be the last, it could be the end for but sure. We did get another one. So, and uh, this week she talked about her, you know, her Gwyneth's picks and she, it was like a little sort of insight into her process of picking out what she does. So she mm -hmm. says about once a week, I re-review the new pieces and products that we are launching on Goop in a typical week. We add about 35 new items across beauty and fashion. That's like a lot. Every week, 35 new items. Doesn't that seem like a lot to you? I have no idea how like business works. Or yeah, like I don't either. It just seems to crazy be. to me. I don't know. This includes clothing, jewelry, and clean skin and body care that we've designed and made ourselves because what we're looking for and what you asked us didn't quite exist yet. But the vast majority comes from outside brands that I and our buyers and editors really love. Even though I've been doing this for a while now, I still nerd out over this list of newness every week. I get inspired by seeing how other designers, creators, and founders are adding beauty to this world with their different ways. And then I have a cup of coffee and force myself to choose just a handful of my new favorites, which make their way to my official selection of picks, which she links to. Um, sounds like a perfect life. Just drinking coffee, browsing things to buy, and then putting them on your website. Well... I guess you could do that if you wanted to. I guess I could. I would have no uh, audience or platform or expertise, but I could. You could. Anyway. Anyway. Well, good for her. Good for us all. Yeah. And good for you. And good uh, for you. So, yeah, let us know if you go to the Swiss Alps, um, if you drink some olive oil. Or if you use, yeah, if you drink olive oil, tell us about it. I feel like it's a glamorous thing to do. It does seem very like, like your skin would be like glowing. I'm sure. Maybe. Okay, guys. Thank you for listening. Okay. Thanks. We love you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.